0: Welcome to Two Inches Off the Ground. When you are enlightened, you live your life two inches off the ground. Follow me at Two Inches Off the Ground. Check out my products at freespiritpodcasts.com. And of course, if you enjoy this podcast, please give me five stars. A small public service announcement. Apple released a new update called iOS 14.6, which has so far, so far... (laughs) fixed all the bugs on Apple Podcasts. This means episodes seem to be dropping on the right day and time, and the overall user experience is much better. On your iPhone, go to settings, then general, then software update to download 14.6. So now on my other podcast, two minutes off the ground, Everything seems to be posting correctly, the right day, the right time, after doing this update. I give you a daily two-minute message to bring you back to source. Search two minutes off the ground on your podcast app. Today's topic is self-judgment. When I was researching this topic, I was blown away to find out that out of all our thinking, 88% 88% is unconscious thinking, and only 12% is conscious thinking. If we have morals, and we have values, and we have strong metaphysical values, that's great, but then there are those parts of that 88% that are not serving us, and that's what I want to talk about today. On a conscious level, we have awareness, right? We, we roll our eyes when someone gives us advice that we already know. We know it already. If I were to say to you, listen, self-judgment is just such a it's a bad thing, you shouldn't do it. Well, yeah, duh. I think everyone knows that. We're not talking about the conscious level. We're talking about the unconscious level. So when you looked at the episode name today, you probably said to yourself, Well, yeah, I know self-judgment is bad, obviously by just the title it gives it away. But we're talking about going deeper, digging deeper into that unconscious program thinking. I had a really full week last week. I did the Starseed Workshop, which I already talked about last episode. I did a Women's Circle, and then a Full Moon Psychic Message Circle. And with the latter, How this psychic message circle works is there's a small group of us, and we each have a short time limit, and we can ask any question we want, just one question, and then the psychic intuitive, she answers us in depth. In the circle this week, everyone came with some really deep questions, and of course, I came with what I thought was just a very, you know, 3D... um, not very metaphysical question and then when everything had ended and i received her answer i actually realized it was actually a really deep metaphysical question i asked her why at certain times even though i'm doing much better than i was let's say a year ago why i still go off the rails and i binge on certain foods and why this happens, because, you know, I've done everything. You guys know I've done everything from the physical health aspect to cleansing to energy healings to hypnosis to blah, blah, blah. So why does this keep happening? Again, I've improved, and I have to say I'm binging on more healthier things, but they still have sugar. It's still a little too much chocolate at times, and I'd like to really heal this side of me. And her response was just something I personally couldn't have come up with. So let me share it with you. She said this going off the rails, this becoming you know, unhinged food-wise at times is actually coming from a sub-personality of self-judgment. And that sub-personality is split into masculine and feminine. So the feminine part is a self-judgment who wants to shovel in the food versus the masculine who berates me. For example, I shouldn't have eaten that cookie. That was terrible, I ate that cookie. So I thought that was kind of interesting that it had a feminine and a masculine, and usually balance is good, but in this case, it's apparently not so good. What it comes down to is a lot of self-judgment. She said to journal and ask these sub-personalities who they are, their age, if they are from a past life. She also connected the fear of self-loathing. She said, if I base my self-worth on what others believe, think, and say, I give away my power. So let me say that one more time. If I base my self-worth on what others believe, think, and say, I give away my power. It's a good statement, but I also think it's an obvious statement. If you were struggling, let's say, with a similar situation and I said that to you, in your head, you'd be rolling your eyes saying, "Uh, yeah, I already know that. That's kind of obvious. But again, what we're talking about is that 88% unconscious thinking. I'm not talking about what we are aware of. I'm talking about what we are actually unaware of. And she also added that once I explore these sub-personalities, I should put them in my heart and go into my heart center and also remind myself that I am a divine being. I am an angelic being. So no matter what happens, she was saying, if I gain 50 pounds, I'm still divine. I'm still angelic. And when I really thought about it on the mentally aware level, I realized it was not only self-judgment, but it was also coupled with perfectionism. And even with this podcast, I record and I edit, but... Every week I come on, they say, Okay, let's not make a mistake. Let's not do that. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to make a mistake. You know, unless I am channeling from a higher being, which usually when you do, you don't make a mistake. As a person doing this, I'm probably going to make a mistake. And I still, after weeks to a year to more of doing this, I will still put that pressure on myself. So I realize. Wow, it's not only self-judgment for me, but it's also perfectionism. And in that self-judgment, especially with the food, I recognize the fact that, you know, I grew up in this white middle-class to upper middle-class society where the constant messages are you can always lose a few pounds, you're never thin enough. Even though I'm I'm aware, I'm very aware of all that on an unconscious level. I have absorbed a lot of that. I think we all have, which on the mental awareness level, yes, that is one aspect of why I probably go off the rails. But I wanted to dig a lot deeper and go into these sub-personalities. If you are driving, I'm about to tell you a story. If you are cleaning your house while you're listening to this or just chilling or... You know, having a cup of tea or whatever, I I just wanted to tell you, get ready because it's about to be what I call metaphysical story time, and I think you will like the story. I decided to do a meditation where I could explore a sub-personality and answer this question of why I have so much self-judgment and perfectionism. So as soon as I got into the meditation, almost immediately, I heard this strong, deep, African American male voice, and it just came across so booming. And he said, I am Terrence. And even though the voice was clear and strong and authoritative, that's the way it came across, I still underneath felt those emotions of being afraid and confused and stuck. And then I was able to see Terrence. He was wearing a checkered, short-sleeve, button-down shirt and dark pants. He had dark skin and a slender, muscular body and a nice-looking face. Terrence's life really turned out to have a lot of suffering because Every time he walked out of his door, he was judged on his skin color, that the people around him just absolutely judged, loathed him, and actually feared him. And this happened to him all day long. He started to absorb all these negative energies and negative emotions and negative thoughts. And it was like a mirror. They reflected back to him. So all of their hatred and judgment and loathing turned into his self-loathing, self-judgment, self-hatred, and it completely consumed him. And at that point, I asked him, are you a slave? And I knew he wasn't, by our standards, a slave from, let's say, the Civil War era. He didn't look like it. But I felt I had to ask him that question. And he said, I am a slave of some kind. He told me he was in his mid-30s, which was middle age for a black man back then. And he was living around the 1950s and 60s in the southern U.S. I knew at this point I really needed to help Terrence. So I tapped into him. And I led him to a church, his church, because I knew that would be a safe space for him. And I just want to say, I'm not religious, but I knew this was the right place for Terrence. We go into a pew and we kneel. He holds a Bible and he keeps repeating over and over and over. I am a good person. I am a good person. I am a good person. He cries, he screams, he's on the ground writhing. I tell Terrence, keep crying, keep screaming it out, which he does, but I know in my heart this has not ended well for him already. There's suicide involved. He has already committed suicide. So now I know that I am not dealing with a human, I am dealing with a spirit who has not crossed over. He has not gone into the light and he stays in a place where he feels constant torture and suffering as he did as a human. So the judgment overwhelms him. He feels so insecure in his own skin because of what has happened to him day in and day out. And I say, Terrence, you are a spiritual being. You are perfect. You are an angelic being. But the self-loathing is too consuming. And I know at this point that he's not a past life for me. He is with me. He is attached to me. Perhaps he's living in maybe a parallel life or at a different energy level. But I feel that his energy is stuck to mine. And I tell him he needs to leave my energy field. And I, of course, of course, I don't want to abandon him but he's unintentionally causing me harm when i really was able to feel his energy in this meditation in my heart i felt so anxious so nervous that is the energy he is carrying around and i can't carry it around with me anymore i can't have this self-judgment so i know i need to release terrence but before i do i'm not going to abandon him and I'm actually going to help him out, but first I wanna explain why I think Terrence attached to me. I have this ability, before I go to sleep at night, to roll onto my left side, and I'm able to tune in to the frequency of the collective conscious. And a lot of times, it's like a radio station. That's the only way I can explain it. It's like taking that dial and tuning in to a radio station. And some nights I hear just random people talking. It's thousands of voices talking at once about different things. Sometimes I'll tune in, I'll hear Spanish. Mostly I hear English, mostly American English. Uh, One time, for example, I, I was hearing someone shouting out their Starbucks order, which I have no idea why I could care less about someone shouting out a Starbucks order, but that's that's an example of the weird things I hear and just random people talking. But a lot of those nights, I will tune into an African-American channel where I hear a lot of African-American voices talking. And even more so, when I dream, I will dream of these African-American beans or guides About a year and a half before the Black Lives Matter movement became prevalent, I started having these incredible dreams about African Americans. And the strange part was I envisioned them in my dreams in stereotypical careers, which is not what I normally would think. So for example, they were coming forward to me as rappers, basketball players, even more old world careers such as being a kind of a butler or a server in a white country club and meanwhile i actually have studied abroad in the caribbean and my friends down there are all doctors teachers and lawyers so i don't know where i'm getting these stereotypical careers from but someone once told me that they're doing it to get my attention otherwise they wouldn't be getting my attention These beans are not scary at all. I've been asked, are are they scary? Nope, they're not scary, but they talk to me and they look at me and they connect with me, but I don't know what they're saying. And that's the most frustrating part. It's been two and a half years of, I don't know what these people are saying to me. And that's been tough because I always wake up or I always come out of this and I don't come out any wiser. I don't come out with any message. And the psychic had told me that they are trying to tell me something. Ask them what they are trying to tell me. And it's probably in my soul contract to help them. It's probably something with my past life energy. And I am tuned into that frequency, that radio station, right? And that makes sense to me because I discussed very briefly two episodes ago that one of my past lives was I was a rich slave owner's wife. I stood by I did nothing and I witnessed the most horrendous acts of humanity of course that we all know that was not a good life for me you know that was a terrible life for me too it ended with absolutely no happiness no satisfaction whatsoever because I stood by and did nothing so I think that energy has passed over to this life and that's why I'm having these beans come forth with Terrence I think he attached to me because I was on that frequency and I've been on that frequency for a while. And I also think Terrence is finally delivering the message. And I think the message that's coming across is this is how it feels to be African American. You have no idea how it feels. This is how it feels. This is how it feels for people to look at you in a certain way. You can't do anything about it. You cannot, you know, take off your skin. You cannot disguise your skin. This is how it feels and no one should feel that way. No human should ever feel that way. That's what I was feeling when he was really, you know, when I was really feeling him I just, I, I felt that just, uh, that, that, that extreme, deep sadness of just feeling judged when <laughs> you're just in a shell. You're a divine being. We all are just in these human shells. And when I originally saw Terrence, I saw him as this beautiful being, this beautiful human. I didn't have anything else attached. I still see him as just this being that has great sadness, but it just breaks my heart. And I'm sure it hurts you just to hear that this is what people are going through. And I I believe Terrence attached to me to get that message across that we, you know, we have to put ourselves in other people's shoes. We have to understand. And I believe, I think we all are educated to a certain point on this, on this subject, but to actually feel it and feel what it, what's on the inside of someone, it's a different story. So part of me thanks Terrence for attaching to me and being with me because now I understand, even just a snapshot, I understand it's just a snapshot. I don't understand a person's whole life, but I understand just that second, just that moment of the terror he's feeling and the stress he had been feeling and how he can't even leave this earth because he's still so bound by the the torture and the self-torture and the, the suffering he's gone through. So I wanted to help him. I closed that meditation. I grabbed two stones. One was rose quartz, which we all know is the love crystal. And then I grabbed a clear quartz, which again, we all know magnifies any crystal you put with it. So I really wanted that big love, that all-encompassing love. I went back into meditation. I took the stones. I held them against my heart. I gave love to Terrence. Remember what the psychic said. She said, once you realize this sub-personality, you need to bring it into your heart, right? Bring it into your heart and give it love. I visualized being back in that church with Terrence, sitting with him at the pew, holding his hand, we were forehead to forehead, as I bring white light and angels to fill the pews. And the angels purposely looked like angels. They had wings, they were all white beans, and they had wings, and you could see the outline of the halo. They just completely filled the pews. And I did that because those who can see angels well, they report that they're basically little orbs of light and they're magical lights. But I wanted Terrence to understand, no, 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 these are definitely 100% angels who are with you. He was sobbing. Once the light and the angels filled the room, he stopped. He just gazed in wonder at all these beings at the light. And it was really nice because it was as if a child was just seeing something for the first time and he just had this amazement to him and who wouldn't be, I would be, you would be, that would be an amazing experience, right? And you could tell that he was feeling this divine love and support. And at that point I detached from him. I told him to stay in the light to surround himself with the light and these angelic beings whenever he needs them, to ask them to come and they will. They are always with him. I tell him, though, I'm going to leave his energy field, but he's never alone. And, you know, he just sits there and he gazes in wonder. He's listening to me, but he's just, he can't believe himself. And I also say to him, Even if he has just this one moment of peace, just one moment, I'm happy I gave it to him, even if he died unhappily. But I know for myself, I have to let go of this energy. It's not serving me. I leave, but not before reminding him that he is divine. He is from angels and he is from source. And when I leave the meditation, he's still gazing in wonderment. And I wanted to just leave him there. You know, I was going to go back and, and communicate with him again. But at that point, I said, you know, just leave him here for quite some time because he's in a good space. So what's the result after doing this deep meditation? Over the past several days, I have to say, I felt a shift. I am not lunging for the sugar or the chocolate where at this time of the month, I would be lunging a lot more for the sugar and the chocolate and the whole thing. I've been doing actually noticeably better. Now it's not a miracle here. I'm not, I haven't totally cleaned up my habits, but I've definitely been a lot more on the rails than I have been in the past. And I really feel releasing this energy with Terrence Something has shifted a bit, and and I'm happy to report that. So I wanted to ask you, can you explore any sub-personalities that may be holding you down with regard to self-judgment? Even though you are aware on a conscious level, what can you unearth in that 88% of unconscious thinking? How can you heal yourself this way? And this might be a good subject when I finally go on Clubhouse. I still, I haven't gone on and explored everything yet. I want to do that in June. That's one of my goals to have us do a Clubhouse. And also please email me and ask me what you would like to see because this is for you. I want to make this something fun and, and serve you in whatever you would look forward to. So keep that in mind. You can always email me, DM me, whatever, text me. I will also continue discussing this topic in daily two-minute messages on my other podcast, Two Minutes Off the Ground. So if you go to Two Minutes Off the Ground this week, you're going to hear more about Terrence. You're going to hear more about self-judgment. I think you'll really like it, at least to take a couple minutes, come back to source. So check that out. And until next time, live your life two inches off the ground.